Hey, this is Mark A. Altman. And this is Darren Docterman, and we are the Inglorious Trexperts. And this is a special holiday edition of Inglorious Trexperts. If you've been enjoying us all year long, well, we're back. <laughs> <laughs> and if you haven't, we're back. <laughs> and I hope you've been enjoying our, our sister show, Disco Nights, with Chase Masterson, as they discuss Discovery, because we won't be. Um, and of course, you know, the mothership, 430movie.com. We really want to just thank our listeners for, for, for joining us on this grand adventure. You know, we've had these conversations a lot at bars and conventions and other bars around the, 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 the globe, literally around the globe. Uh, but to be able to sort of share these conversations and these insights and uh, our kvetching with you has been a real treat. It's been a great part of uh, of this year, certainly for me, because uh, I enjoy talking about this stuff, and we actually don't get the chance to do that uh, a lot these days. So I'm glad that the uh, podcast brought us together. And I want to, you know, I want to really thank Dean Devlin for uh, making this uh, possible here at Electric. Uh, he's been a great champion of the show and and all our shows, and uh, we're really lucky to sort of have him uh, as our our patron saint. Um, but uh, we're really here to talk about uh, the 12 days of, uh... <laughs> are we? Uh, we're here of to talk Trekness. about of Trekness, T- 12 days of Trekness here <laughs> between uh, Christmas and, and New Year's. Or you know, Hanukkah was much earlier this this year, it came a, a couple of weeks ago. So we're over the Hanukkah thing. We're, we're into the Christmas Kwanzaa season. And, um, uh, you know, of course, we don't celebrate Christmas also in the festivus. future. You know, actually, we're commemorating when um, uh, the house burned down with Picard's family. Uh, that that uh, and he lost but his brother and his his. Mark, they do celebrate Christmas in the future because that's where Kirk met Helen Noel. Oh, at the Christmas party. Her name means Christmas for crying out loud. Well, that's pretty on the <laughs> that's uh, that's pretty on the nose, isn't it? Yeah, a little bit. Yeah, that was some Christmas party. It, it uh. sure was, but I suggest that it went a little differently. <laughs> no, I don't at all. Well, Rom. What are you thankful for this holiday season? I'll tell you what I'm thankful for, Mark. I'm thankful that you asked me to be on this podcast Aww. because if you remember, I was we we met because I was a huge fan of your writing for Cinefantastique and how you you wrote these exhaustively researched hundred page articles about the next generation, and that's how we met and our friendship led to us making a movie with our idol William Shatner. You know, it's a really funny story how we met. Actually, Rob was working for Full Moon at the time, and it was that they they were going to do a, a screening. Of um, Oblivion, Oblivion with Cowboys George Takei, and, <laughs> in, uh, and written by P- Peter David in uh, in Comic Con, and uh, uh, Rob, uh, somebody who I was working with at um, Full Moon, says we have a guy here. He's a real super fan of you, <laughs> <laughs> and 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 he really wants to talk to you. Super fan, <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like. Okay, and, and so address? Rob got on the phone. He said, "You know, I got this really great idea for a T-shirt that I want to do with my my friend Sean Fanning, which was a Vena a Pike's Place T-shirt." And then he said, "Maybe we can be a nightclub." And uh, you, you, the way you enter the nightclub is through the Guardian of Forever, right? It was an awesome idea. You laugh, but it was an aw- it would have worked. <laughs> I mean, they got the scum and villainy cantina now, oh, right? Yeah. How great would Pike's Place be? Oh, uh, it would be great. And, and we actually, interestingly enough, we created that that line of apparel. I know, and we sold it through the fan club. The fan club was, and good. no one bought it. Really? It was. I think it was a little too hip for the room. Mm. Pike's Place Orion Slavewear was the name of our label, and our first shirt besides Vina was was Matt Decker at the height of his insanity. It was just a picture of him on the shirt, and it said "There was, but not anymore." <laughs> that was it. That's all the shirt said on it. 
And, and I thought it was because Rob thing. and I were convinced <laughs> that Star Trek fandom was not the Saturday Night Live skit. That there were a lot of cool, hip Star Trek fans. Apparently, out there. you were wrong. Well, apparently, you didn't know about this T-shirt line. <laughs> right. it, it, it would have been glorious. Yeah, I mean, there was. Uh, we we did like five shirts. We had. A phaser, it just said type two, and it was a picture of a phaser. <laughs> That's it. That's all it said. And then we had, and these were approved. Paramount approved them so we could sell them through the fan club. And we were going to do a shirt that I really wanted, and it was going to be Mark Leonard as the Romulan commander. You know, just his face, like a pop art version of Mark Leonard, and it would say, my gift to the homeland, another war. You know and, and I <laughs> thought these shirts were great. Yeah. You know, and now, of course, they've tried, you can buy Star Trek shirts at Walmart. It's like hip. Star Trek shirts are it's hipster. Like the, it's like the the insignia, or it's like it's the most it's the low lying fruit. It's right. like the most obvious stuff. It's like keep on trekking. Yeah, you know, yeah. It, it's, it's not like that. what you you guys were doing was so clever, and you know, Sean was such a talent. He was such a talent, and uh, you know, bless you know, bless, bless his heart. I found the the ad slick that he made. Recently, for, free for all Enterprise. the shirts, yeah, yeah. No, oh, you I did mean, for the shirts, the Pike Place Orion Slave War. Yeah. I found, I was like, I didn't know I had it. That's so, that's so cool. That's so cool. Now we have baby onesies that say, "Hey, I'm a Trekkie." <sighs> well, yeah, this is nothing like forcing <laughs> forcing your kid to to to, uh, to to like what you like. Now I have to say, my son came to Star Trek on his own. Um, <laughs> uh, you know, I, I have to say, you know, while we're, we're sharing these these memories, and it's the first time I remember sharing these memories without a drink in our hands. Uh, but um, uh, you know, one of my favorite memories is uh, uh, Rob did this montage called Star Trek Eternal back in the '90s. It was what we it's were doing when we were doing the uh, Sci-Fi Universe Awards. Uh, we were doing a tribute to Star Trek. It was right after First Contact came out, and he cut. Uh, a video which Paramount ended up licensing and using at San Diego Comic Con. He cut it to John Williams' main title uh, for um, JFK. Nixon. Which, Nixon. 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 And the it was 60s, this. Sixties, the tumultuous decade. And it was this yeah. inspirational piece of music. And he cut the most amazing. It captured everything I loved yeah. about Star Trek. And I could not watch it without getting chills. It was amazing. Yeah. And it still is if you look it up. And then he did the special edition where he added in some first contact clips that he got out they, of the trailer. They made me do that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and uh, it was just, uh, it was fantastic. Oh, thank you. I, I love that. I still I have still such fond memories of that. That and when we went to shoot um, Bill Shatner's surprise 70th birthday video. We just made Free Enterprise and uh, we went and we interviewed, it was a surprise to Bill. We, we interviewed his manager, Larry Thompson and Ben Stiller and Jason Alexander and Leonard and um, uh, 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 the head of Paramount at the time, um, uh, Jonathan Dolgen and a bunch of other people. And then Bill showed it at his 70th birthday party or his daughter showed it to him. Yep. And it was, it was great. It was our way of sort of giving back to him after this incredible experience we had doing Free Enterprise with him. It was great. Ben Stiller was in the. He was editing Zoolander. Yes. Yeah, and that's we called him in the edit base. Yeah. Because <laughs> we had, no, we had seen it though. We because we told him how much we loved right. Zoolander and Magatu and all the references. And then of course he made a Barbary Coast. He said, "I'm standing where Bill Shatner, uh, you know, uh, shot Bar- the Great Sea." And he goes on and on. He said, "Barbary Coast." <laughs> and it was like it was so funny. Yeah. <laughs> it was so funny. Well, one of the things that I'm thankful for in this Trek season um, is the fact that my parents, particularly my father, uh, indulged my uh, my fanaticism from a very early age. And uh, not only did 
uh, my dad take me to movies and and uh, and show me stuff on TV and and uh, tell me about the stuff that he watched when he was a kid. Um, but he went all in when I showed an interest in something. And uh, when I started watching uh, the Star Trek animated show and then uh, a few months later the uh, live action show, he took me to the Federation trading post in New York City and showed me uh, this wonderful world of fandom and uh, excitement that I had no idea existed. And uh, I still have the first poster that he bought for me framed on my wall at home. And uh, it's uh, the scene of uh, from the third season of all the cast standing in the transporter room. And uh, it's it was in my, you know, room since I was like seven years old. Uh, and that time and, and what we've been talking about on the podcast o- over and over is that it's not only Star Trek that we love. It's that time in our lives when we first discovered Star Trek that we love as well. And... It's something that is, you know, it is enjoyment at its purest because, you know, the world hadn't come and, and tried to, you know, sh- you know, knock things out of our hands. And uh, it was still a time where we could enjoy something completely and fully and with no reservations whatsoever. And I hope that we can continue to share that enthusiasm as we go along in this show. Yeah, and we absolutely will. I think it's so important. And, you know, you acknowledge our parents. We're all very lucky, I think, that we had parents that if they didn't understand our obsession, they At least encouraged the it or didn't yeah. get in the way of it. I mean, Rob was lucky enough before his father passed away to put him in Free Enterprise. He poured a drink and had a scene with William Shatner. Which um, he could never believe. To the day he died, he's just he could not believe that he actually was in a, a scene in a movie when I told him we were going to make a movie, he thought I was doing a you know a Super Eight movie. Right, yeah. That was yeah. my dad's experience. When he came on the set, it was at the Garden of Eden, and it was our biggest set with our most day of extras. My dad could not believe that we were actually making a real movie as opposed to. <laughs> See, I, 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 had, I didn't really tell him. I'm like, yeah, okay. I just assumed he got it. And I had the opposite experience with my dad because, of course, I wrote this really great scene for my dad at the end of the basketball scene where the guys were, you know, just awful and couldn't make a basket. This guy was going to walk up on the court and, you know, lay up a thing and make this incredible basket and just look at them like they're the biggest losers in the world. That was going to be my dad. Unfortunately, when he was here, it rained, so the schedule changed. So we weren't able to shoot it. So we ended up giving my dad a scene in the Garden of Eden, and we gave him a line. And then we ended up cutting out his line. And to the day he died, he never let me forget that we cut him out of our <laughs> of movie. We'll uh, have to revisit that. Uh, you know, I, for sure. We got to give Mike his line. Yeah. And uh, it was just, but he always would give me shit about that, about how I cut him out of the movie, you know. And, and uh, I, I, I think he was half kidding and half really annoyed. Well, that's, <laughs> that's showbiz. That's showbiz. That's showbiz. Um, so for me, look, there's a, I have a lot of things to be thankful for with Star Trek I think um, most importantly is is probably um, the relationship between the very existence of Deep Space Nine and the many lifelong friendships that I that I formed that would never have formed without it uh, my uh, writing partner at the time uh, Zach Stentz uh, Robert Hewitt Wolf all of that brought me here uh, it, it brought me into the the orbit of, of all of you fine gentlemen um, it, it shaped me as a writer, uh, and, you know, so here's the thing. So we, we talk about, like, the relationship between ourselves as children or parents and kind of how we experienced 
Star Trek with them. But for me, you know, I'm living in a world where I have these children who I would not have had truly in the way that I have them now and without um, the way that Star Trek kind of changed my life. But but my relationship to them and Star Trek is a, is a little different. What I love about Star Trek is that it can hold this incredibly special place for me. Um, but I don't feel the need to say, okay, guys, I'm going to sit you down and I'm going to make you watch this. You know, um, I don't feel the need to make what is mine theirs. I just know that if it's a thing that's going to speak to them, I know that there is some part of Star Trek. Star Trek is so big. It is so wonderful. There's infinite diversity and infinite combinations. There is some piece of it that will reach them if it's if it's meant to reach them. And I cannot wait. I can't exactly. I cannot wait to share like <laughs> you, how you much I love it. this show and how much I love Star Trek in general um, with these kids. You know, I see my my eldest now. He like falls in love with book series and he goes out and he looks for these books and he just reads them and he reads them again. It reminds me of when uh, the Star Trek novel started coming out and I would go and I would find them and I would read them over and over. Uh, so it's it's something that 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 you know we can we can bond over. I don't think that he'd go out and find a Star Trek novel because he doesn't he hasn't discovered Star Trek yet. Mm-hmm. Um, but just sort of seeing that fandom, that that passion, mm-hmm. that that need to kind of dive into story and and live in it, it just it reminds me of of why I loved Star Trek. Um, you know, it wasn't about big ideas. It wasn't well because it was an allegory for blah blah blah. And also, it wasn't because Captain Kirk like had a babe in one arm and a phaser in the other hand. It was because I got to live in a world. Um, and then I was lucky enough to kind of make that world my own. Yeah, you're in for a treat when your kids find Star Trek because, you know, my, my daughter is not a Star Trek fan, but she's a huge Buffy fan. But my son um, really, you know, has taken to, to Star Trek. And a lot of it was because he was fascinated with the action figures. And uh, it's funny because he came to Star Trek, really loved the cage and the menagerie, and then drifted away and was back into Marvel and then became a huge James Bond fan. And it's only recently that he started to rediscover Star Trek, and it's been really super fun until he said he wanted my action figures from the case. Hell and, no. And I was like, uh, <laughs> well, we'll have to discuss that. There's love and then there's um, <laughs> when, when my son was about uh, 10 or 11, he uh, came to me with his Spock impersonation. And he tried it out on, on me, and I just about melted inside because <laughs> it he, it was pretty good actually, um, <laughs> and it just came at me, at me from nowhere. I said, "Where'd you pick that up?" Oh, I was thinking about it, and I you know was watching one of those episodes, and I said, "Okay, I'm I'm good." See, I was I thought you were gonna say he was like he slammed the door and he yelled, "I learned it from watching you." <laughs> <laughs> Which wouldn't be a, a bad place and, to learn and, and then from. when did you learn you had a brother you never knew anything about? Well, I, I'll learn that in the second season. <laughs> oh, <okay. laughs> yeah, so, so you know, obviously Hanukkah was a few weeks ago. Christmas is happening. What's the Star Trek, what's your favorite Star Trek thing that you ever got? And then the one thing you still covet? Hmm. Well, for me, it's kind of the same thing. Um, and I have it. Uh, it, it, was the, it was Christmas of 1979. It was weeks after, well, Hanukkah, 1979, after Star Trek The Motion Picture opened, all I wanted was a model of the refit Enterprise. Mm. I had built however many model kits of the original Enterprise. It's my fetish object. It's my totem. The the Starship Enterprise, the original Starship Enterprise, there's something in my mind, it's just very primal. It's my favorite shape. It's my favorite thing. 
And this model kit of the new – I love the new Enterprise so much. I couldn't – I was so worried that I wouldn't. Hmm. But I just – I wanted to have it, and I got it. Like, I got the model <laughs> for, for Christmas. And now, of course, Polar Lights, and now round two, makes a one three hundred and fiftieth scale refit model that I have. And I actually had it professionally painted because I couldn't – I wanted the Aztec pattern from the original motion picture. I didn't want the repaint that ILM did, which I could do myself, um, but not, not the Aztec pattern. And I, I, it was a professional job, and, and it's my favorite thing that I own in my life. That's I love cool. it. That's pretty cool. Um, I still remember uh, – this, this was an Easter gift, actually, seeing those Mego uh, Star Trek action figures for the first time. Mm. Because I didn't know that they existed, <laughs> and uh, there they were—you uh, know, Kirk, Spock, and McCoy. That's all I needed. That's all you need for the, you know, the Holy Trinity. Um, and it was—it was great because that moment stuck with me forever after that. And I—I uh, I, I do want to say something about the uh, the movie Enterprise um, because I helped build the CG one for the director's edition of Star Trek The Motion Picture. I own the real Enterprise. Right. I have it. It exists in my house. That's awesome. So there you go, Rob. <laughs> Special episode. Ashley? Um, you know, I, I talked a, a little bit about this on the, uh, the the Most Toys episode, but I think the most impactful... You want the Treculator. Yes. The, uh, the most impactful gift, Star Trek gift that I got was really the first. Um, it was before I really even understood the Star Trek of it all. And my my older brother, six years older than I was, was a huge Star Trek fan, and he started his Star Trek club, and, and he gave me my uniform shirt, my red shirt. Warning. Um, but I loved that shirt. It's it's the thing that I think about the most. Of, of all of like the various and sundry Star Trek items I've had, it's what I think about the most, because I remember putting that on as but a lad of like, you know, four or five years old, and I felt like part of something. Mm-hmm. And because I was four or five years old, I thought that something was like really cool. Now it is but really you know cool. What it is. Yeah. it is. It's incredibly cool. It was, and it was, it was awesome. It's and like the, I. The thing that people don't tell you because they don't know uh, in the real world is that a red shirt only means your death if you're incompetent. Yeah. <laughs> If you're competent, Scotty's you get to live. Yeah. Scotty was fine. Uh-huh. Transporter dead. Chief uh-huh. Kyle isn't dead. Yeah. So Sulu it was only the goofballs yeah. that got blown up. That's because, right. Hey, look, Captain. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> totally. It's a, It's like, you know, it's. So a, don't fear the red shirt. It's a Darwin Award. Don't fear yeah. the red shirt. That's yeah. going to be the name of this episode. Don't, don't fear, fear the, the red, red shirt. shirt. <laughs> well, you know, I, I have to say, I think the greatest gift I ever got was the official Star Trek trivia book by Rafe Needleman. <laughs> Rafe Needleman. <laughs> See, that's what Organian. we should. No, I, 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 you know, it was the original uh, Star Trek blueprints by Franz Joseph. I remember mm-hmm. getting those. I think it was for Hanukkah or something, and it was pretty spectacular. Or the, 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 the model kit of the Refit Enterprise, because it was the first one that came with a lighting kit. Right. Yep. That was really In the exciting. saucer section. And I screwed that section. kit up many times. Oh, yeah. Uh, I used and nine. it had the rub-on transfers. Oh, yeah. my God. The best ever. Like, what, what, what the no, hell? No, those were awesome. No, they those weren't. were awesome <laughs> because they didn't have the shiny plastic around the the, the were, water transfer yes, ones. But you you have talent. 
right? <laughs> like, I couldn't do that. It was like the... It just, no, it was bad. And I, it, it looked it, look, bad. I had gotten good at putting decals on models because of I had to do all 12 right. Constitution-class ships once they, after the Franz Joseph... I mean, you said that they, before the Franz Joseph technical manual came out, but I think it was after that they released the kits that had all of the decals, and I had to have all of them. My mom thought I was insane. Well, she's like, well, why do you? She's keep, not wrong. She's like, why do you keep building these same models? I'm like, mom, this is the Congo, this is the hood, <laughs> this is the Potemkin, this is the Farragut. My mom's like, what? they're the same ship. I'm like, they are not. They're all different. And my mom thought I was nuts. And then I started burning up one of them. For the know, constellation. You had to make a constellation, and yeah. you know, <laughs> she was like, I used Ohio blue tip matches, oh my like the big box of Ohio blue tip matches. What's she that said, burning? Yeah, and I was burning plastic <laughs> in our fireplace and. I'm sitting there nice dripping job, it off because I didn't want to drip no. back on the hole. I had to figure out. And then it would drip down, and then suddenly there's a weird, like, plastic drip that I had to cut off. Well, it's terrible. I have to say, you know, it's it's been a great year here on, on the show on Inglorious Tracks. Where it's, I hope no matter what movies and TV shows and projects we're working on, that we'll be able to do it for many, many more years until we turn it over, get too old to do it, and turn it over to, to the next Inglourious generation. To the next generation. <laughs> <laughs> and we can sign the logbook and, uh, you know, yes. still be on the convention circuit making money for many more years. Um, but, uh, you know, it really – this is really – you know, it's been a fun couple of months doing the show. But the big thing is we're thankful for you who are listening to us right now. Yes, we are. You're, 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 you know, you're, you should seek counseling because why <laughs> why you would waste why your, you time your time listening we to – We have to be here. Little thing we did in a lark 30 years ago. You've... And, and uh, you know, as we've often said, uh, you know, share your Star Trek memories uh, on Twitter and Facebook and, and gain Glorious strength Trek. from the sharing. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, and we hope you'll listen to our sister show, Disco Nights, uh, hosted by Chase Masterson, as they discuss Star Trek Discovery, and of course uh, the Four Thirty Movie, as we curate uh, fantasy movie theme weeks every week on the Four Thirty Movie. But uh, you know, and most importantly, we hope you have a very happy holiday season and a very happy New Year. And uh, we'll see you uh, in 2019, the future, where we all will spend the rest of our lives. (laughs) (laughs) Engage.